Howdy. Uh, it is 10.26 p.m. Uh, on May 29th, 2022. Uh, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions and anything said in this podcast. A future podcast should not be considered financial advice. I have stock in PayPal and AMD. Thank you. All right, I'm back home. Uh, I'm back in uh, Orange County, uh, where I reside with, uh, you know, uh, my, like my friend group. I guess I'd, I'd say that. Um, I'm not with my parents. I visited my parents for the last two weeks. And for those that are on Twitter, uh, you guys know that uh, I basically claim this as my most favorite parental trip I think I've ever taken. Just because of how well my mom did the entire time. We had like a rough start. She had a panic attack on the first day I was there. I think there was just like a lot of like, I don't know. There's like lots of excitement, lots of anxiety of like maybe she's she was like panicking of like, oh, I hope I don't ruin this trip with a panic attack. And then of course a panic attack happened. But besides that, um, we went the rest of the like 13 14 days without a panic attack and my mom was just joking as ever you know seeing my mom take her medicine is really important you know like being there and making sure that she feels that she's supported in in all of that because uh yeah as a as an asian mom you could kind of think like oh you don't need medicine after you're fine it fixed you why do you need to keep taking medicine it's just extra stuff it's extra chemicals like it's not natural so a lot of a lot of my time with my mom was just you know giving her positive reinforcement when she was taking her medicine because her biggest complaint is that it makes her sleepy and then she says you know all she does is like she sleeps till like 12 p.m because she'll wake up at six she'll take some medicine and the medicine makes her sleepy and she'll wake up at 12 she says um juni uh all i do is sleep and then wake up and eat and then i say hi and then I looked my mom like dead in the eye. I was like, "It's better, it's better than sleep and and then into their emergency room." You know, like it, my it's my my mom is feeling better. She makes all of these really really. Uh, the best way I could put it is funny. That's the most positive way I could say. It. She makes the most. She makes the funniest analogies and connections and excuses to not take your medicine but i i think i think this time i think this time's a really i think it's really uh it's really dug down and i think she she'll do better this time and if she relapses in the sense that she doesn't take her medicine of course just gotta be there and understand that you know uh that i guess i just don't understand but just gotta keep supporting my mom through that because i think i think at the end of the day it like if if it was me that had to take medicine or if it was me that i had to do anything that um i had to have willpower on and i just couldn't do it um i would want to be forgiven right like if i just kept, if i had to take medicine for the rest of my life and i had a friend group taking care of me and then you know i get you know excited too excited one time i then i start forgetting to take medicine or you know i, I decide that i don't need medicine it would feel comforting knowing that I have friends by my side that continue to support me even though I make mistakes. So I'm going with that approach with my mom. Um, yeah, and I, I could probably also tell that some people are just like, oh, you know, in, in other aspects in life, that's probably not the best because you're just re-enabling people. You're, learn, you're teaching them that it's okay. But this is my mom. And, and like, you know how parents are. They're old enough to... Um, feel like they were done learning almost you know like a lot of i feel like a lot of boomer parents are like that it's like oh they raised you they turned out to be fine so whatever they did had to have worked anything that's happening to them right now is just stroke of dislike or you know um it's just uh it's not depression he just feels weird you know it's like it's that type of stuff um anyway mental health very very important um right now it's a three-day weekend not only as um as like a work day type of thing but it's also a stock day type of thing there's no trading of stocks tomorrow and something that's not closed tomorrow but does have abbreviated hours are futures futures right now are up um, nasdaq right now is up 1.14 percent and that is 10:40 p.m pacific time right now on may 29th so there's gonna be a whole 
one day a whole 24 hours until the market is going to um, start opening so you know a lot can happen in the next 24 hours um, but yeah we had a really really strong end of week last week um, you know it's gonna be hard to determine whether or not this is a dead cat bounce or a, a genuine rally but I'm just gonna kind of talk about that um, as part of today's episode but so without getting too far into that I'll just go ahead and uh, try to find earnings for this week as for earnings for this week, we have nothing on Monday because we're celebrating uh, Memorial Day. On Tuesday after close, you have Salesforce and Victoria's Secret. Uh, after close on Wednesday, you have Chewy and GameStop, as well as Hulip Packer and uh, MongoDB and UiPath. After close on Thursday, you have CrowdStrike and Lululemon, Asana, Tilly's and Zoomies. There's a few notes that I probably um, want to point out here. Is like obviously everyone's gonna be looking at GameStop um, just because of how hype it is. There's a lot of meme, meme potential there, um, as well as Chewy, uh, just because the um, the CEO of Chewy or founder is what one of the board members of GameStop. Ryan Ryan Cohen is that his name. I do. I always forget his name. Is it Ryan Cohen? Ryan Cohen is an entrepreneur and an active investor. Chewy CEO until 2018. So he's not the CEO of Chewy anymore, but he's currently the chairman of Gum GameStop. Gumstop. That's hilarious. Okay. Um, so that's that. So those will both be pretty hype. Um, what did what did I want to bring up? Oh, right. So CrowdStrike is an interesting one to watch just because of how Palo Alto stock um, was it Palo Alto Networks? Palo Alto Networks stock. It rallied from the really scary point that it was uh, that was it was supposed to gap down from. So a lot of people thought it was going to gap down when it was at around the 473 mark, lot or 436 mark, and you can tell that there's like a huge fall off because there was not support until down at the 400 area or down to the 362 area. So. It got a lot of people. A lot of people bought puts uh, on Palo Alto because the market was just ultra omega scary right there. And it, it just seemed like a pretty obvious play um, to buy puts. But of course, the market's going to do its thing where it's really efficient and make sure that enough people lose at one time. And, you know, a lot of people think it's you know, market manipulators and stuff, but it's really just people's own faults. It's like... If something looks too good to be true, it probably is. And you can say like, oh, well, you know, the market is supposed to cool off here. You know, these puts are supposed to print because like, why would the market go up? And then you start like blaming other societal things that you absolutely have no real control over. And then it's just like, okay, why are you playing the stock market? If it, when you lose, you're going to start blaming those things, you know, like, I don't know. People are weird. I'm weird. We're all weird. Just pointing out some weird things. Um, but yeah, so CrowdStrike is definitely going to be on the radar because Palo Alto bounced really hard off of earnings. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what CrowdStrike does. CrowdStrike, I mean, it also shows that uh, Palo Alto does not have a P&E ratio. Therefore, the company does not actually produce an income, which is really actually nuts. Um, so, I mean, I would just think that CrowdStrike also doesn't have a P&E ratio. CrowdStrike stock. Just going to check that for you right now. Yeah, also doesn't have a P&E ratio. So, both of those companies having to do with cybersecurity. Um, yeah, CrowdStrike has already started kind of rallying a little bit too. I'm sure that's from the Palo Alto stuff. So, yeah, eyes on that one. Uh, Lululemon will be interesting because Lululemon is a luxury brand and it is retail. And from what we can tell, luxury is not being impacted as much as like uh, lower retail customers. For example, Target and Walmart are getting impacted by inflation super hard. People are um, buying from there less. But um, what is it? Nordstrom had a really great quarter and um, uh, it was Nordstrom and right, Home Depot. So it's like really expensive clothes and uh, uh, home improvement like go figure right these are the really rich people impro improving their houses and still looking good lululemon kind of fits into that where 
you're, you're always going to just sell out to buy the best pair of leggings, right? Or the best uh, at the leisure that you can buy. Uh, I know that's really, really charged statement. Like, I know that I just, like, triggered a lot of people right now. They're like, oh, there's no way, you know, that's worth that money, blah, blah, blah. You will, <laughs> you will drive yourself nuts if you try to convince people on how to spend their money. So, really, it's just if people like them, people like them. <laughs> It also keeps the girlfriend happy that way too. So, um, so Lululemon, uh, I'm willing to look at as well because yeah, I'm interested to see if luxury brands just across the board stay up. So that's that's something I'll be looking for. Um, of course, I'm not gonna play it like that either. Um, I don't think calls on Lululemon uh, is the play. That just seems very dangerous. I don't think puts on Lululemon is the play either. I'm just gonna say that right now. I, I think playing earnings is just very very dangerous. Um, I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to bring up a really minute point, um, of some firsthand experience with Zoomies. Um, I think that the pandemic introduced a lot of people into skate culture. I think a lot of people tried skateboarding. I think a lot of people picked up new brand new things that they've never picked up before. But my suspicion is a lot of those people also quit. And during the pandemic, uh, especially early on, it was very hard to buy a skateboard. Like there was actually a shortage of complete boards you could buy. Uh, there was a shortage of trucks, a shortage of decks. And uh, yeah, I think Zoomies uh, is just back to normal. And it'd be really interesting to see what their earnings forecast is because I don't think if, if, at, if they based any of their forecasts on the new surge of you know brand new skaters that learn how hard a ollie or a kickflip actually is and that they end up quitting uh i see that there could be a lot of room for this like um this slippage of uh the skater population <laughs> uh let me see zoomies <laughs> wow am i am i am i roaring kitty right now is this is this happening let me see Zoomies stock Yahoo Finance, and then I'm just gonna keep, I'm just gonna keep recording because there's a lot of ASMR potential here. So, finance Yahoo, yeah, PE ratio seven, cool, but that's pretty understandable because you're a retail store. Um, let me see here, financials. No, I would go to analysis. And. Uh, where do we go? Where do we go? Earnings history. Yeah, I mean, April 29th of 2021, the, the, EP, the earnings per share, their estimate was 0 0.04. Okay? Their actual EPS was 1.03. So that was a 2,475% surprise. And that's understandable. Like, right? Like, the pandemic was super scary. Lots of people were afraid of going outside. But then, you know, quietly, everyone's like picking up an outdoor activity because, you know, you got to get outside. It was kind of driving you insane just being inside all the time. And so this caught everyone by surprise. It's just everyone started picking up uh, like activities that you could do by yourself. You could skateboard by yourself. You could learn how to skateboard in your garage or in your backyard or at a basketball court when, when no one's playing basketball because everyone's scared. It's no one saw this coming or i mean maybe some michael burry type people did and but then they never say anything so yeah 429 2021 there was an earning surprise of 2475 percent so that's crazy um their earnings uh their earnings per share estimate for the following quarter seven 30 2021 so that's three months after the 2400 percent surprise they beat the estimate estimates by 19 percent, almost 20 percent. the next quarter um they uh they also beat expectations by 14.7 percent. so that's good and then the estimate for the year after that was pretty large in my opinion um it went from 109 eps expectations to 1.76 and then uh zoomies actually missed that um by 3.4 percent so 
I'm curious to see what they expect for the next quarter. Like, what's the expectation for the next quarter? Let me see if I can find that here. Dude, I this I, it's not many times where like I I can I like talk about stuff like this actually cuz this this is this is what made stocks really fun for me before, right? Like, oh, here we go. Um <laughs> Okay, okay. Okay. So, I told I am glad I recorded this entire thing. Okay, so <laughs> Okay, 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 wait, let me collect myself, let me collect myself. So, uh, the last quarter, of quarter one of 2022, this last quarter that just happened this year, their earnings expect EPS, the estimate was 1.76, and they missed it by like 3%, and it was actually um, landed at 1.7, right? So, here I am, right, I'm thinking like, yeah, I came in here already understanding that like, yeah, I see at the skate park like barely any of the kids that were there during quarantine and I bet you like all of those kids quit and then whatever. So I'm thinking like if they are forecasting another killer quarter, maybe like a little bit less than 1.76, then you know, there's a big chance they fail, right? But I'm not Michael Burry. So they actually put their, their estimate at 0 0.07 yeah <laughs> so yeah they're they're definitely um you know analysts are definitely estimating that they are actually still doing better than like mid quarantine but basically the same as like before quarantine happened so i i i believe that i believe that like when I went back home during the earlier trips when I visited my mom and I went to the skate park, yeah, there were tons of kids with skateboards. Um, but now, not so much. I barely see I barely see any of the kids at the teen center, the, the, the same ones that used to skate. And, man, it's kind of sad. It's like, damn, they, they were, like, really, really good, too. They could, like, backside flip off the two block. Like, I was like, dude, I wish I could do that. <laughs> Um, anyway, so that was just, uh, basically a 10 minute ramble on just how I kind of like come up with my Michael Burry moments, uh, and then me actually just self-actualizing that I am absolutely not Michael Burry and everyone else is thinking the exact same thing. So, <laughs> uh, I hope that was fun. But anyway, let's, let's get on to the next section. <laughs> my bad, my bad. Real quick reminder. Uh, DEFCON is uh, on August 11th, uh, which is a Thursday uh, this year, and it goes till August 14th, which is a Sunday. It is a convention uh, that is held in Las Vegas, where 30,000 plus um, black hats, white hats, uh, hackers uh, get together and do fun activities together, similar to like a, like just like any sort of conference of any sort of uh i don't know i, I want to say genre of any job profession like you know there's dental conferences vision conferences tech conferences this one is a conference for hackers and you know now that's not now because security has always been a thing but you know there's just been so much in the media just about like um cyber security and you know i had just in this episode talked about palo alto and uh, crowdstrike you know, I'm I might be down to actually go to DefCon. I I'm not really all that you know, like good at doing the really neckbeardy hacky stuff. But I I think it's really cool, and I look up to those dudes, um, and girls. But um, yeah, I think it it just be super sick. Um, more info on that. If I do end up going, I'll definitely say something on the podcast, and then we can try like meet up and take a really cringy picture. Um, but other than other, otherwise, or other than that, yeah, I just wanted to quickly remind, um, yeah, remind everyone that DefCon is happening. This is, I'm like looking at the pictures, and because I've I've only ever just kind of heard about it. I've never like heard about it and then looked into it. It looks super fun. I don't know how much I'd enjoy it for like an entire weekend, but for a day, like I would I would think this is this is super sick. 
I'm looking at some of the classes that they they might provide, and it's like ooh, one thousand to three thousand dollars per person. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's a really good class, and I'm sure they expect your actually your business to pay for it. But uh, <laughs> if I'm the sole member of the business and I pay myself, uh, it's just not the same, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna pay three thousand dollars. For like, uh, for like a two-day class, I, I don't know, I don't know. I could, that could actually keep the website up for probably, you know, like two years. So, <laughs> there's some balance needed there. During my, uh, I'd say like last three days with my parents, I was able to actually smash out uh, a bug that had that's actually just been there for the longest time, and I'm not actually sure if um, any of you noticed. I, because dating.com is like my baby like i i understand it like like the back of my hand like there's every single like little tiny paper cut bug dividend not dividend like div margin <laughs> i said dividend <laughs> um yeah every single like like every bug everything that feels bad like trust me i probably know and uh, it's just there's such a long list of things but i actually got one of the most pressing things that i wanted to complete um there was previously a bug where if you put in uh if you typed in a symbol like for example costco is cost if you typed in cost into the search bar and pressed enter and you started scrolling down to view the trades uh, that other people did for costco um the page would flash and then make you scroll all the way back to the top and then you get to start scrolling all over again um but that's now fixed and it was it was actually so crazy i was so stressed about it after once i started working on it because i was like okay it, it's either i fix it right now or i'm never fixing this and i just i tell myself those things sometimes and it just gets me it gets me super anxious but it's what makes me get it done because i, I would just hate to like have tried my best and then, and then i don't get it fixed and then i just have to like feel that bug every time I do it just knowing that like <laughs> I can't fix it. I that can you, ooh, I can't even I can't even talk because that's oh I, I can't I can't imagine that that that's I there are there have been so many bugs in my lifetime that um, have given me a lot of stress. I'm sure this is not a unique thing to me, but um, I have to say that I am that type of person to want to fix things before going to sleep. Like, I like making sure that my next day is as smooth as possible. I think I've mentioned that before. Um, and that includes me just smashing the bug right when it gets there. That also includes going to sleep not angry. Um, I know other people have a different point of views of that, too. It's like, oh, gives you a chance to think over things. But I'm more on the other side. I just think you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you should try your best not to go to bed angry. Uh, and that includes like <laughs> being angry at a bug. <laughs> yeah, you could be you could be simpy a little bit, maybe address that as your partner. But I'm definitely uh, in this in this case talking about a bug. Um, so I fixed that, and it, it ended up just being actually something really really dumb. Um, a string comparison of you know two strings that weren't equal. One was capitalized, one wasn't, and that was causing bad state to happen and causing the refresh and. Whew. Anyway, so that those are the things that I did uh, while I was at my parents. Uh, and then now I'm back. And as I was driving here, I thought of the two coolest features uh, that I could that I, I, that I wanted to try and pull off, which are pretty small or they'll seem they will seem small uh, if I could get to them and I release them. But what I'm gonna try to work on is um, providing you a list of strikes to click on so that you don't have to type your strikes so i'll look up the strikes given the date that you give me uh, and then display them to you and you can just click on it uh, so hopefully that works as expected you know the the i can already see somewhere you know it can run into trouble if i don't go far out the money enough because you know you gotta buy those far out the money puts <laughs> right like so I need to find a clever solution to do all that. And I thought about like a drop down with all the strikes, but then, oh man, if, if there's so many options to choose from, no pun intended, then, you know, maybe typing it just ends up being faster. But, you know, maybe I just make it optional. So yeah, just, just playing around with that idea. But yeah, 
Um, I'd say the website is in a really good spot right now, and I'm really, really proud of where it got to, especially from the, like the very first versions of the website. Uh, oh, sorry, I have the hiccups. Um, what did I want to say? Yeah, so right now I'm definitely in like the quality of quality of life phase for the website. So I want to make sure that all the parts that are supposed to suck for the user just like sucks less. Like for example, a lot of the friction right now is basically um, in you know uploading a trade, right? Like it's not necessarily fun to log things um, from a manual standpoint, right? Like a lot of clicking a lot of typing so i want to make that as smooth as possible so you so you have more time to just like really think on your like due diligence notes spend time more doing like the thought provoking things instead of doing like click more clicking and more looking at another uh, like ui and then finding a number and then typing that in so that starts um this new venture with just yeah finding the list of strikes for that particular date that you picked on for the date picker like you don't have to type in your date you literally just click on the date on a calendar and so just getting to a more smoother uh, process one step at a time so that's cool and then i wanted to revisit an idea that slow motion actually gave me like a long long time ago i don't even i wouldn't even know if he remembers but i i remember still um, there's, there was this concept of a queue that, uh, we wanted to introduce and it's like, imagine, you know, you come up with all these different ideas for trades and you kind of just want to like pre-fill your trade right now so that, you know, if you do decide to do it later, it's just easier to do. You can just go back in the UI and just basically just hit log. Um, like it'd be cool if you can just have like a set number of trades just like ready to go or set number of logs ready to be uploaded in the event that you do decide to do that. So uh, playing around with that idea and seeing if that can be something that's uh, easily um, easily done. There's a, like a lot of UX considerations to think about there. But uh, yeah, definitely in the quality of life phase. Um, that also includes rolling. I wanna support rolling trades uh, but that's, it, it's just tr still tricky, but I've, I think I've officially changed my stance on rolling trades in, in, on the website. I like in trading practice, I still don't like rolling trades because I think you should just take the L and just move on to the next, next trade. Um, but logging wise, I'd like it for it to be less of a pain for those of you that are using the edit feature in a creative way i support it like i think that's really cool but um if i could figure out a way that makes rolling even easier than the edit button i think it's a win-win it just makes it more obvious for people looking at your trades and then it's just an easier process for you right so it's exciting like i feel like there's a good backlog of things that will really help improve the quality of life and that's that's what i'm all about right now and today's topic of is it a dead cat bounce or a rally like a genuine rally is it like a bull trap or is this finally the bottom it's it's tricky um you know looking at uh give me one sec let me bring up tastyworks so one of the things that i like to look at um when the market does things like this where you know it just rips from a bottom we don't know if this is the bottom or not but one of the things I like to look at is uh, like just volume. And from what I see on SPY, uh, the daily volume of Friday was just similar to that of um, Thursday and Wednesday and also Tuesday. So there's not like a huge influx of people that are necessarily agreeing that this new high price of SPY and uh, I guess also, yeah, QQQ is also similar. Um, returns but also similar volume um, just consistent with the three days of Wednesday Thursday and Friday um, there's not a whole lot of volume uh, not a whole lot more than average uh, which is a not not a bearish perspective but it's just something to be wary of that this can definitely reverse I know futures I mentioned that futures are also pretty green right now NASDAQ is up right now let me just do another check at Babygame.com slash futures. Where are we at right now? 
Uh, we are at 1.41% up for futures for NASDAQ. That's, that, I mean, if it stays like this, it's going to be a really cool, really nice Tuesday open, but I, I, I'm not going to count it as a win yet. Um, but yeah, looking at volume for QQQ and SPY, very average. While that's not bearish, it is. there is something to say that like, hey, you know, it, it could reverse. Not a, lot of not a whole lot more people are agreeing on this higher price. I do also want to remind everybody about the entire, like the huge market rally from, what is it, the from the 2010 to like 2015, there was low volume the entire way up. It was very slow. It was a very slow rally, especially compared to the type of rally we had in 2020 and 2021. It was very slow, but um, the volume was also low, and so you know volume isn't indicative of just like. Um, price growth uh, is just a helpful indicator, a helpful tool to help you make um, like guess, like educational guesses. So I don't want people like just like exclusively look at volume, but it's just something cool to look at. Uh, I go a level deeper after looking at the macros, um, at the macro uh, indices like SPY and uh, QQQ. I like going into the specific tickers that I'm particularly invested in, like AMD. I go into AMD, I look at the daily, uh, the daily volume for AMD, um, the, yeah, it just seems average. The Friday close, uh, the Friday volume was particular was about the same as the Thursday and Wednesday. And then looking at PayPal, PayPal doing pretty good too. Volume just uh, like Thursday and Friday were actually just like a little bit larger than normal even so that's a good sign that there's some there's some uh life being put back into paypal i'm still really really down on paypal which is also why i'm keeping the shares naked because i don't think the covered calls are paying me enough and if futures stay like this that decision will be rewarded i mean i obviously won't be green on my paypal position but it'll help my break even a lot um you know this is also just like a quick reminder you shouldn't write covered calls unless you're being paid well enough for them some of you might say like, oh, well, Junie, a dollar is still a dollar or five bucks is still five bucks. But if you're only getting paid five bucks for your covered call, you're basically choosing to get a subway footlong for the chance that when it moons, you're, you don't actually strike it rich. My philosophy for that is, dude, if it reaches that strike, it is going to get, it's going to go way further than that strike. Like a lot of people think, oh, you know, these 90%, um, you know, uh, these, or sorry, like these 10% chance of probability of profit of uh, covered calls are going to never uh, like go in the money. Like I'll always keep my shares, you know, 99%, it will never reach here. Uh, and you know, most of the time, like math shows, it won't reach there. But if and when it does, because it happens to most traders where there's like one really bizarre event that happens to everybody, right? Um, then you're going to feel really bad. Um, and yeah, I guess that's just some risk reward you have to do with on your own. But um, everyone has that, you know, certain threshold of premium that they like to receive. Uh, I like to make sure that I don't have like a specific number or ratio. It's just definitely uh, like a feeling thing. Like if I if I feel more scared or inclined to like get rid of the stock, I'll sell close to the money. Um, but it's very, very rare that I feel bullish on something or that I need to um, recover my gains on something or I'll be desperate enough to write a covered call that's very far out the money. Because I'd rather have the shares just be naked and the in the random chance that you know the shares rally super hard so i actually don't get stuck into a scenario where my cover call is red and i can't exit my stock position uh, without closing the cover call for a red safely so there's a lot of things to think about and just make sure that you know your cover calls make sense your cover calls pay you fairly because it is you taking the risk so looking at PayPal, AMD, QQQ, SPY, and you know, I'll just really quickly just look at NVIDIA. Yeah, NVIDIA volume on par with Thursday, Friday, and Wednesday. Um, good volume, price is higher. More people are like discovering and agreeing on the price that is higher. Um, so is this a dead cat bounce or is there a rally? Way too early to tell. Even if the stock market did end up closing down on Tuesday, 
if it doesn't breach a prior or a weekly low, then yeah, uptrend is still on the table, dead cat bounce still on the table. I want to just address this question with one point. Whether or not this is a dead cat bounce or an actual means for a nice rally or uptrend, one case is bullish and one case is bearish. The only real certain thing about this this question and this decision is that no one knows what's going to happen. That is like the only assured thing, in my eyes at least, is that the, the most certain thing that I can say about this situation is that no one knows what's going to happen. And because of that, you should find solace in just understanding that if you're adaptable enough, you should be fine. In more more cases than not, uh, adaptable, I feel like that puts pressure on people. If you are also, you know, calm enough, things will work out fine as well. You know, if, if you're not in anything risky, you're, you're, you're fine. You know, his, my own personal history is that, like, if I had not touched things, if I had not tried to go out my way to over-optimize things, things would have been better if I just had not touched it. So, you know, maybe that, you know, you hear some of those stories online too of other people over or over managing their portfolios during these times. Like imagine, you know, you never capitulated on that one stock you always wanted to hold. And, you know, how did you get faked out on this? We thought that you loved this. And it's just lots of different things that happen when you start over managing your portfolio and stuff. But yeah, uh, back to, you know, the bullish case of, this being an uptrend versus the bearish case of this uh, being a dead cat bounce. Um, you need to be able to flip sides. And, you know, some people right now are like grabbing onto their desk or grabbing onto their wheel in the car and they're like saying like, whoa, whoa, it sounds like Junie's like advocating to be a swing trader. Like, oh, you got to be willing to flip sides. What? what? No, I thought you were always optimistically bullish. What is this? Um, no. What I'm saying is you can flip sides without trading. You don't have to trade every single thought that you think and you don't have to trade uh, every time you flip sides when it comes to being a bear or a bull. Um, what does need to change and what does need to be adaptable is like your mindset. These last few weeks have been really hard mentally like you know there's you know there's family stuff there's health stuff there's stock stuff right like we've had a really hard time with just stocks in general and that can heavily influence a lot of you know your decisions about retirement maybe or you know your plans on buying a house <laughs> and all, all these all these really really hard decisions so when you get when you're getting pounded by all these decisions, all these ramifications of um, all these negative things happening, it can get really easy for you to get tunnel visioned and think that there's like either no hope, aka like you, it's easy to capitulate, or it's easy to start becoming so much on the negative side, aka you're buying puts even though the market's down like 20% already. Like, why are you choosing right now to buy puts? Um, you know, it, it was, it's going to make you feel like you have to do something. Right, like, oh, I have to buy puts right now because uh, it's gonna go down more, or I have to sell this position right now because it's gonna go down more. I want to keep a lot more of my money. But there's gonna be come a time where you're gonna understand most of the time if you just do nothing, it ends up being okay. But um, a part of doing nothing is flipping the narrative in your head, where it becomes a lot easier to do nothing. If everything is bearish, right, the stocks are down, but your mindset turns bullish or is more open to be bullish, right? Like when things get down to this sort of level where, you know, we have like eight consecutive weeks of just like uh, red weeks, you start looking at news where, you know, oh, it's that's like a historic event where if we've, you know, fell down nine weeks in a row, that would be like the all time greatest consecutive weeks down and you know you start like being open to the bullish case and then you start doing risk rewards there where maybe you start considering um you know dollar cost averaging a little bit more aggressive right now uh, because you should be doing that like all the time um 
or maybe if you're down on a red position like me, you keep your shares naked because you know your covered calls are soon to be way more expensive. If you're, you're betting on betting on a rally, uh, but yeah, you can see how just having that ability to understand. Hey, I saw that we were we were red. Okay, like I, you know, I'm not the type of person to generally buy puts um, or put debit spreads or sell naked calls or sell call credit spreads. I'm just generally not a bearish person. Have I bought puts on the way down um, like this market? Yeah, I have. Um, but I, it's not like a normal thing for me to do. And I don't like put all my money or put a large sum of money into them either. But what I will do is I will trade less. Right, I will wait for there to be some sort of bottom, or you know, I will wait for there to be uh, conditions that are very, very favorable for me. I don't like trading at points where there's like a lot of contention, where like, oh, you know, it's it has a chance to possibly um, bounce here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna buy as much stock as I can here, or I'm gonna put in a lot more money here, um, because. I think trying to time the absolute bottom, because that's what that's what that action is, right? Um, is trying to time the bottom, and so you put in a larger position because you think that there's a chance that there's a um, uh, like a chance to bounce there. That is different from what I'm doing right now, where I'm already red on a position. I don't really gain much from selling a covered call, and um, you know I could just continue to let the stock keep going down. Um, and what I can do from my bullish perspective is I can just let the shares be naked um, and then uh, plan to sell more aggressive covered calls when the market bounces. So I get rewarded not only for just doing nothing, aka keeping my shares naked, but I also get rewarded for doing nothing post-rally because then calls are more expensive and then I'm in a position where to, I'm able to collect a good amount of premium. Um, to sell covered calls. And who knows, if the market keeps going up after the covered calls, my covered calls are above my break even, and I end, out, uh, end up being okay. So also right now, I'm trying my very best to not come off as a guru right now. Like right now I am down 20.5K uh, in my 210K portfolio. So I'm down 11.9%. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm definitely not the best trader out there, but I do have to say that my skill at doing nothing when things get scary um, are just getting is just getting better, right? Like I think I've definitely, I definitely grew that muscle during the COVID crash, and right now I'm conditioning it. That's what it really feels like. I think a lot of people that didn't get the the. <laughs> I was gonna say the wonderful opportunity of, but like, uh, yeah, for the for those that got a chance to, you know, trade during the COVID crash, if you made it out okay, like I did, uh, I think that taught you a lot. Even if even if you didn't make it out okay, but you're still trading now, I think if you actually learned your lessons from that crash. It would have helped you manage your risk going down in this one. You know, I, I'm also coming off sounding like this is the absolute bottom here. And then that there's there's this uptrend is going to be like the uptrend of all uptrends. And that's that's just simply not true. My trades do not reflect that point of view or, or that thesis that the market is going to only go up from here. I have covered calls on a little bit less than half of my position. Um, have the shares naked for there to be benefit if the in the case that the uh, market does rally. But right now, I also don't have plans to buy more stock. So I am strictly neutral, uh, or I guess not strictly neutral, but like neutral, like bullish neutral. Like going, like I'm hopeful that the market goes up. I don't have any bearish bets, um, but uh, yeah, just hoping to break even, cut cut it cut it green for uh, the end of June. Yeah. And all while not buying calls, not buying leaps, not like saying, oh, this is the bottom, everyone get in before it's too late. None of that. There's a plan to break even for everybody. And this is my plan. It's gonna be really slow. Like I, I feel like this is uh, gonna be like a year long mission to break even for the year. But um, I feel like it's a hell lot better than uh, 
capitulating and then regretting it later too. Um, I'm definitely still believing that the market only goes up. It's just like, am I going to be able to stay solvent, a lot, uh, solvent enough to see this through? And just got to make sure that I never get fully invested until I'm like, well, I have broken even. Because I, I, I have to have cash ready to go. And if I invest my cash too much and the market drops too fast, then dollar cost averaging will become really slow and a lot more ineffective. Where... I stand to gain a lot if uh, I'm already invested and I just make sure I don't put too aggressive of a cap on any of my position. Then if the market continues to go down, you know, I just, I'm just continuing to wait for an uptrend. There's like no real reason why I see myself like exiting for a loss. It, at least for now, right? And that, that's probably a good indicator in itself that we probably haven't reached the bottom where I feel this confident about, you know, not selling. Um, it's weird, you know, and that's subject to change. I don't want to say I'm never going to sell. Oh, I'm a robot. Oh, look at me. I got no emotions. I'm a sick trader. You should be like me. No, 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 no. I definitely feel things. I definitely get scared. I definitely get sad. I get happy. I get, you know, I feel joy. I do. I feel all the feelings. Um, but right now, one of the feelings I got in my gut is just to not sell. But maybe that changes. So to top things off, uh, is this a dead cat bounce or is this a rally? Is this the bottom? The only certain thing that we know is that no one knows what's going to happen and that if you have a adaptable mindset that uh, it'll help uh, <laughs> it'll help you do nothing better. Uh, history, at least in my first person point of view, as uh, <laughs> it's shown that if I had done nothing, I would be a lot more rich than <laughs> I am now. But I, like I said, just like a few seconds ago, I feel things and sometimes I feel scared, but I'm definitely conditioning my COVID crash, uh, do not sell muscle. <laughs> so um, yeah, um, make sure you're willing to switch sides. And you know, also just a reminder, that doesn't mean that Anytime you mentally switch sides from being bearish to bullish or bullish to bearish, it doesn't mean you have to trade on it. So many people get so overly excited, don't plan trades out enough, and just like on a whim, they say, oh, you know, oh, look at this. We're going to have a huge market pump on Tuesday. You know, I'm just going to buy calls first thing in the morning. Not a lot of thought went into that. What's your exit price? When, if you're going to set any triggers for it, are you looking at any of your in favorite indicators? Do you have any favorite indicators? What are you basing it off on besides Oogla? Is it just a gut feeling? How, how has your gut feeling worked out for you before? Has it done well? How do you prove it? Do you trade your log? <laughs> do you <laughs> keep track of your log on ThetaGain.com? There's so many things that you got to do to make sure that you're not just trading with emotion. Because it's really, really crazy how our minds justify our actions sometimes. But that's also what makes us human. That's why making mistakes is okay. And that's why the, the podcast and the stream is the most positive place that I can make it. Um, I try my best to make sure that everyone feels included. And that everyone feels that they can definitely go there for support. Uh, or write in here for support for the podcast. Um, and I try my best to get back to you. But um, anyway, that's it for today. I cannot believe this actually ended up being as long of a podcast episode um, than I originally thought. But honestly, today was almost the today's episode was almost supposed to not happen because I I thought on the car ride here that you know I'm just super exhausted. But oh, and I also went to open up. Hey, you know what? I'll just save that for the end. I'm gonna save the outro. If you want to hear about some boring personal stuff, stay on for the end. But anyway. Um, gonna save the outro. Thank you all for listening. I'll see everybody on Tuesday live stream at 7:30 p.m. Pacific time. I skipped the last two because I wanted to hang out with my mom, and that was totally worth it. Um, but then, yeah, see everyone 7:30 p.m. Pacific time. Twitch.tv/realtheta_gang, or I'll see everybody on the next podcast episode. Gonna go into the outro later or outro now, and then yeah, bye bye. Okie dokie, you can follow me on Twitch at Real Theta Game. You can follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Game. You can email me at Juni at ThetaGame.com. Theta Game is proudly partnered with Tastyworks and signing up with the Theta Game referral code is a huge, huge help. 
And uh, I want to give a shout out to my wonderful patrons. Uh, that's Pocket Change, Avrilian, Mike D, Slow Motion, Jay Z, and Suma Triggs, Pass Your Bedtime, Empty Cans, Mods, Norco, Royal, Mitch Brady, Seven, Upstream, Puddle, GJ Wilson, BJ, Kim, Statistic, and Random, Steven uh, Shares, Mr. Integrity, Drevy, Island Bell, DJ Mac 86, Nav, Vlad TC, Mom Man 1856, M. Hayden, Little, Mr. Sneezy, Dun Grandpa 95, Leo Jetson, Fancy Wolf, Manistrax, D, McFly, Seneca, Mamma, Ivan. You're gonna have chicken dinner, our man, low scale towards laser service, Jester, Kaputch, Restier, Sifty, AG, Theta Ray, UX, VL, Finkel, 4RT, uh, Can't Make Money, RLL, and Ensys88. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, so I went to an open house today. It was like one of my primary drivers of like why uh, I was pretty excited to just come back today so I checked out the house and the house was listed at 825 and uh, they had their open house yesterday uh, but I was like you know in in uh, visiting my parents so I couldn't go to the open house and so we check it out today it's a great oh no that house <laughs> so I went to two open houses today I was supposed to only go to one but we ended up being two so I went to one open house today for an overpriced 1,000 square foot house and it's it's very very overpriced. It's very obvious that's overpriced and it's been on like the market for like two and a half months now. Or no, it's definitely like three months actually because it's almost ninety days. But yeah, definitely overpriced. Um, it's been on the market for three months, which is an eternity. That's like forever in terms of real estate market right now. Because I'd say most homes get swooped up in like less than a week, um, if if it's a good home. Um, but anyway. Uh, so I checked it out. Uh, turned out to be a, like not as nice as uh, I thought it'd be because it's super expensive because of all the remodeling remodeling that they did, and it's definitely a flip house. Like there's no doubt about it. But um, I originally planned to go check it out in the open house, which I went to today, and then you know just undershooting them um, an offer. Uh, yeah, I, I won't. I won't. I guess I just won't go into details. Like that, that gets kind of boring. But I, I thought I'd just undershoot undershoot the offer and see what they do. Like, do they just straight up, like, like ignore my offer? Or do they counter with something a lot lower? Just just feeling it out. But what ended up actually happening is, you know, uh, me and my girlfriend are checking out the house. And then we just kind of, like, look at each other and we're like, this just doesn't, it, this doesn't feel right. You know, like, this, it's a nice house, but it's just not for us. Like, the neighborhood just wasn't, it wasn't, like, it wasn't the best and um yeah so i thought that was a pretty growing moment for us just understanding like what we want in terms of neighborhood and uh just a few blocks over in a better neighborhood um there's another house that i had on my favorites list that we went to just like go outside of and just see the neighborhood and we saw it it was pretty pretty nice and then i quickly uh texted my realtor and said hey can we quickly uh go through a tour of this house that house was amazing. Um, I mean, the pictures, I originally actually didn't like it, uh, but my parents made me put it on my favorite list because they were like, you know, just, just check out this house and see if you end up liking it. And, you know, if you don't like it, what did you lose? I'm so glad I went because I figured out, like, what I actually do like about houses. And it, more or less, the things I like in houses are still the same, but, like, stepping into a home when you're searching for a home you get like that feeling of like oh i could actually see myself living here it's not like when you first start home searching you, you kind of don't know that feeling but um i feel like i learned that feeling today but so i texted the realtor i was like so where the office looks like on this house and she's like oh you know uh let me get to the listing agent i'll get back to you Dude, it was listed at 825. The highest offer is 867 and she yeah, she texted me that and I was like, uh, oh I and then at the end of the text she was like, um, the the house uh, is only accepting offers until tomorrow morning. And in my head I was just like, man, the open house was yesterday. That was this is that's crazy. Um, and so she was like, uh, you have, you have the outside edge now, you know, you, um, you, this is literally the, the top number. So if you can beat it, the house is yours. And I was like, wow, that's actually really kind of her. And then, um, yeah, that was a very, very long discussion between me and my girlfriend. Uh, actually like right as we were about to watch Bob's Burgers, like we were in line 
at the movie theater about to get bob tickets for bob's burgers <laughs> and then my girlfriend like she like looks at me and she's like hey you know if you don't want if you if you if you want to handle this like lifelong decision and hold off on this movie like i'm totally down <laughs> and i was just like you know it's probably a smart decision so we go back into the car and then um i'm, I'm like calling my parents i'm like oh you think what do you think about this decision um and then like i'm talking with my girlfriend about it more and we end up uh saying no we end up saying no to it i i couldn't justify not falling in love with the neighborhood um and paying 870 for it and you know to some people that's really cheap to some people that's a lot just depending on where you live um but uh yeah for where i want to live that's just a little bit high of a premium for not living in the best place to live in my opinion which is a different city in a different neighborhood and for that price i can probably live in that city uh, maybe not in the nice city's nicest neighborhood but in the nice city's like okay neighborhood which is a lot better neighborhood than this neighborhood um so we we ended up just coming home um i i got i was able to give her the the her very belated birthday gift because it came in the mail while i was in at my parents house so i got her the dyson air wrap uh the 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 hair curler that that uses air to i don't know dyson's dyson's crazy if you haven't heard the how i built this dyson air wrap uh, episode or not it's not about the air wrap it's just about dyson and how they like how they build things, how they innovate things. Like it's there's it's not just a brand. It's like an entire innovation group from this dude that just knows how to really do things. It, it, it's, it's 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 a whole thing. Uh so we we come home and then we start exploring other cities like uh on on like Redfin and Zillow and we have come to the conclusion that right now there is one house and only one house that we like in the entire world and it's this house and i schedule open house for that tomorrow on memorial day so if you're listening to this on memorial day uh i'll be out at a open house at 12 30 um looking at the what i think and what i hope is like my dream house for my first house uh big backyard uh you know okay driveway uh has a really nice garage uh and the layout of the house is just super nice. And uh, I, I got to say, like, uh, me and her were kind of like, hey, we kind of don't know what it feels like to have, like, think a dr- like think of a dream house and have it snatched away, huh? Because <laughs> the, the house I just saw, right, the one that got swooped, or the one that not get not swooped from me, but the one that actually end, or is going to end tomorrow for uh, 867, um, that I wouldn't consider like a dream home for a first home for me, right? Like it didn't feel like, wow, this was, mm, no, I, 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 I had the, that feeling. I had that feeling, but it, it didn't hurt as much as I think it would hurt if I had that same feeling for this house. Cause this house is in a good good neighborhood and uh i can already tell it's gonna be super quiet that's like something that i'm like personally looking for um i want a really really quiet neighborhood i want a big backyard um yeah i want to be able to like jog around my neighborhood at like 11 p.m like i i I know i'll never do it but i just want the safety and the feeling of being able to do that and i feel like i'd be able to do that here but not at the the house that just got um uh, that's potentially exiting tomorrow for 867 so yeah excited for tomorrow's open house and also excited to explore the possibility of not owning a home for a while you know maybe me and my girlfriend actually just end up moving into a one bedroom apartment absolutely open to that too because that just means we're just paying 14 1500 dollars a month as opposed to maybe like 2000 or 2200 for a mortgage um down for anything uh i just know that whatever happens happens for a reason even if something like bad were to happen in terms of like oh maybe this home gets swooped away hey maybe the neighbors were actually really bad or maybe uh you know 
just another house pops up that that was meant for me. So that's that's the perspective that I'm going to be taking it as. Uh, oh, uh, hey, if you could pass over that copium, I'm down to take more. But that's the, that's the that's the perspective. Anyway, it is officially Memorial Day. It is 12:05 a.m. and this is officially turning into a one-hour episode in about seven seconds, six seconds, five seconds, five, four, three, two, one. Congrats! Woo! This is an hour-long episode. I'll see everybody um, next week. Um, yeah, whether if it's Tuesday or you know next weekend when the next podcast episode things uh, comes out. I appreciate all of you. I had a stellar two weeks with my mom, and I am super, super pumped for the backlog of work that I want to start on the website. And um, yeah, stay sane. Uh, try to be uh, you know risk adverse, but also be willing to flip the switch when you when you can. Flipping the switch also doesn't mean that you need to trade it. Um, and uh, yeah, I love you all. Bye-bye.